Church. It is Andrew Vandermoss here, along with my friend and pastoral colleague, Addison Hawkins. Hi, good to see you guys. We thought that we would delve into this podcast arena, just as we are navigating our way through the coronavirus crisis, feeling somewhat disconnected and thinking about ways that we can connect with one another. So this is a very rough first podcast attempt from us. I have some thoughts, just talking a little bit more about where we are, a world that has changed very rapidly in the last three to four days. Uh, hopefully have some words of encouragement for you, for us, as we go forward in the future. And uh, we're praying about ways that we might continue to use this venue of a podcast as we look to the future, so we'd love to hear any feedback that you might have on our conversation today. All that to say, uh, it's been a pretty crazy last couple of days. What do you think, Addison? What are some of the things that have stood out to you just as being the most surreal as you've walked through this? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I think certainly it's the rapid change in which we've seen everything you know we sat down we even talked on the phone on Thursday which we'll just mention as our day off for a while and the plan we had put in place for Sunday worship changed three or four times before we were even able to communicate midday Friday it was unbelievable it really was so just I think just how fast things are changing hence why we're bringing you something like a podcast to be able to keep up with one another because we don't know what things will look like starting Monday, tomorrow. Right. People have asked me already, so do you think we'll have worship next week? Or, And the answer is we, we really just don't know. There are things from a community standpoint that people are getting their arms around. Of course, we know that testing kits are not readily available, so some of the, the information that we get is best guess. Uh, at the same time, we know that there have been massive changes societally, and we can expect that our lives are going to experience some disruption from our normal patterns uh, as we go forward. How long will that last? I don't know. Yeah, and you certainly don't want to look to us as your doctors. You know, we're here to, to help bring you and connect uh, the church, Christ Church in particular. H how can we, in the midst of all this going on, you know, we're pastors, and that's sort of what we see as our gift, as our calling to all of this right now, is bringing the people together, putting the word before one another, and, and being able to fellowship, even though we can't necessarily fellowship as a gathering, through creative endeavors like this. It's amazing, even with the scriptures, just how, how, how different you read this. So some of you have been looking at Psalm 91, and I, I used it in our Friday letter, talked about it through the eyes of Spurgeon. But, I, I, you know, obviously I've read Psalm 91 so many times in my life, but I've never had verse 3 pop out at me like this where it says, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Just never experienced that in the same way that I'm experiencing it now. Mm, that's a good thought. 
It, it is interesting. I think for most of us, you know, I find myself, I'm 33, so I, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not super young, but I'm not super old. But I find myself in a place where I'm hearing folks that are older than me say they've never been through something like this. And it's really interesting because normally folks in my age category look forward to people ahead of us. And how do we handle this? What do we go to in scripture? What are the sorts of things that we do at home? But we're all sort of in this together because we're all experiencing something like this for the first time. Well, one of the things that we wanted to do today is just talk about uh, a couple of the things that uh, we're thinking about as we go forward, obviously, make decisions with regards to our church and community. And we haven't not done this in any way by our own. We had a great group of folks get together uh, toward the end of the week, including doctors and other staff people and heard from mothers and single people and all sorts of different folks just uh, weighing in on, on some of these things. So we're very grateful from that. We've had lots of um, lots of different resources available, everything from your Kent County Health to CDC Health, uh, Christian leaders uh, that have provided some insight. We both have appreciated Andy Crouch, uh, an article called Love in the Time of Coronavirus, a guide for Christian leaders. Uh, that was on in the Praxis Journal. Uh, it was very, very helpful, and in fact, some of the things that we're going to share today will be coming uh, as a result of, of that article. But we just wanted to share a couple of things just in terms of how we made some of these decisions, how we've come to them as a community, what they might mean for us going forward. And again, a big part of what we want to do today is just encourage you encourage us all as we seek to navigate it. So let me just you, let you answer first, Addison. What would you say is the biggest reason why, uh, and I know you and I think alike on this, why we decided not to have our, our corporate worship mm -hmm. today, uh, canceled our Wednesday nights, and uh, certainly are open to seeing those things staying suspended as we go forward? That's a great question, and I think ultimately it comes down to a very simple word that we use often, which is just love. It's out of love that we are changing our behaviors, right? It's not out of a, a fearful or anxious response, which we'll talk a little bit more about the anxiety of things as we go forward, but just the way in which we uh, see one another has to be out of a lens of love. For instance, you know, think about this particular case. You have uh, a virus that infects uh, most of us, you know, 40 to 70 percent of Americans will probably get this, yet there's a particular subset of people that are more vulnerable. Right. Those that are above 60, uh, those that have pre-existing conditions for their health. And so those of us that don't find ourselves there need to be thinking of those that are more vulnerable. I think about Romans 15 in the way that we think about the strong and caring for those that are weak. And Jesus' command for us to love our neighbors, something you find all over Scripture. Old Testament to the New Testament. Right. We're to love our neighbors. And if we're going to love our neighbors, it means not spreading a disease around or spreading a virus. And so we need to take precautions to do that, which means we're going to have to change our behavior. And the change of behavior is not out of fear or I'm scared. I want to, I want to, you know, seclude myself from things, but rather I want to take care of the people around me. I want to love my neighbor. I want to love those that are most vulnerable. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's that's exactly that's exactly right. 
we do want to care. I think even adding to that, we want to be good citizens just overall. Uh, when the Israelites went into slavery, Jeremiah, you know, the Lord through Jeremiah said, pray for the flourishing of the city. In this case, I think part of that prayer is, is responding. We know that we are to be respectful of our governmental authorities. They've asked for big gatherings in order not to spread the disease like you've talked about, not gather. So that was a big part of it, uh, just saying, how can, we, how can we love our neighbor? How can we be respectful citizens that think about the flourishing of the city? But like you said, uh, it's not out of a spirit of fear. Now, mentioning that, though, brings us to another topic because we certainly recognize that we do have, um, we, we all are somewhere on the spectrum of anxiety with this. That's correct. Yeah. Um, you know, different people experience that in different ways. One person defines anxiety as uh, imagining the future without Jesus in it. And I think that's a, it's a good way to think about it because part of what we want to do, and as we think about the idea of maybe future podcasts during this time when we're not able to gather so much, as we think about how do we equip and encourage our brothers and sisters at Christ Church during this time, part of what we need to remember is the importance of Christian disciplines, things like prayer, uh, praise, petition, lament. These things all help us as we navigate these things. So I was really grateful that we were able to get together the home worship guide. I was grateful for even the uh, the handful of responses that I got from folks today that had used that and worshipped uh, worshiped together, young people, uh, all sorts of folks. We used it ourselves at the Vandermoss house and, and had a great time of worship with that. Worship is one of those things that is essential for human flourishing. Uh, we all worship something. Uh, this, again, some of these are, are Crouch's ideas coming out of that article that we referenced earlier uh, we have idolatries, safety, security are some of the biggest ones that we, uh, that we bow down to in the here and now. And so now you have all of this news coming out. And so we, we need to prophylactically, we need to go ahead and uh, practice those disciplines, setting forth God's praise, hearing his holy word, asking for ourselves and for others those things that are necessary for our life and salvation and bringing them before the Lord. Uh, it's a big part of navigating uh, the anxiety that is, is part of our experience right now. Yeah, and I think being able to, in some sense, normalize some of how we worship and, and how we use some of these disciplines in our household with our families and our neighbors. In the sense I say normalize, not in the sense that it's abstract and different and out there, but rather we're doing it in our homes. We're doing right. it in our everyday clothes, maybe. Maybe even our pajamas, like right. our family did this morning. Right. Right. You know, in, in you know, my youngest, our oldest, Theo, Ask the question, well, Dad, who's going to preach? Well, buddy, worship is more than just preaching. That's right. a part of it. But we get to get, we gather together as a family with our neighbors to worship God, you know, because we're not afraid, right? We are not saying that, you know, this is going to stop us from worshiping God. This is, in some sense, going to enhance how we do that on a daily basis. And we're going to, it's, we're going to start today. And today is the day we normally worship. 
but we're going to show what that looks like. You know, we're talking about not being afraid, the anxiety and, and loving neighbors and, and not wanting to miss out on, on this as an opportunity to love. You know, in one sense, you know, not being afraid of things like the coronavirus or other diseases, cancers, certainly things that pop into our life like this at different times. You know, in some ways, that's the first word that we get in Christian life. It's certainly the way the angels would introduce themselves when they talk. It's the way that we uh, approach our life as Christians because we know that we have the security of the gospel, that Mm -hmm. King Jesus loves us, that he's come into our life, that he has freed us from the bonds of sin and from Satan, and then there's nothing for us to be afraid of in our life here and today. I love, uh, you know, I love lots of different catechisms. I'm like, I'm a good Presbyterian in that way, but we'll use the Heidelberg Catechism. I think this is, you probably know where we're going with this, but you have Heidelberg Catechism asks, what is our only hope in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by the Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes my heartily willing makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. I mean, what a great response and what a great encouragement for us as we find ourselves in Christ, filled by the Spirit, assured of that eternal life, able to have a faith that looks outward and not inward. Yeah, I just think it's a, you know, I've known those words all my life, uh, literally all my life, and um, it's just as we go through these experience and this coronavirus, this pandemic is a very different experience for me. and I'm sure for everybody, it just takes on a whole different, a whole different meaning. What's your only comfort? What's your only hope in life and death? That I'm not my own, but I belong, body and soul, uh, life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Over the next few days, uh, encourage you to check back. Uh, we don't know exactly what form uh, some of these podcasts will take. Uh, we'd like to have some ideas about ways that we want to encourage us and uh, continue to get us looking to Christ overall, uh, thinking about how to be good neighbors. Got a funny story from our own life that I can uh, share with you a little bit with regards to that. Um, But we do want you to know that as your pastoral staff, uh, your broader staff team, um, elders, deacons, others, uh, we're praying for you. We encourage you to, to pray for each other and uh, want to just close with a word of prayer as we go. And may it be an encouragement to you as it is to me. So let's pray together. Good Father, Father of all, we thank you for your good creation and are sorry that we have not been good stewards of it and that we have abused it along with ourselves and with our own bodies. Please forgive us and protect our family and our nations from the worst effects of this virus. Stretch out your healing hands towards those who are ill with it. Restore them to the wholeness of your will for us. We pray for those that have been bereaved. We ask for your continuing 
and reassuring presence with them. We ask all of this in the name of the one who came to heal, to save, to loose the bonds that have held us, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. See you next time.